All right. So, Lord, we thank you for this night. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that even in a, an unusual time, Lord, that just kind of snuck up on everyone, this pandemic, Lord. I thank you that you are still the same. You're still faithful and you're good. You're the God who turns uh, evil that's intended against us, you turn it for good. And we believe that through this trial, through this difficulty, it will actually turn out for our betterment and for your glory. And so we just ask, even as the word is preached, as the truth is preached tonight, God, that that hearts would be reconnected to who you are, Lord. Uh, I just ask for your peace to come. Holy Spirit, let the, the peace of, of the Spirit come right now. And I pray, Lord, that as I talk about your word, I pray you'd help me. And help us to hear what you're saying to us, God. And uh, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Well, let's just get right to this here, gang. I'm going <clears> to... <throat> I'm going to talk about Loving Jesus Part 3. Part 1 and 2 is on our website. But uh, tonight is going to be John 16. So we talked about John 14 two weeks ago, John 15 last week. So this is John 16. In quick recap, in John 14, I won't do a pop quiz, although I know you guys wanted that. John 14 was basically, this is how you love me, you obey my commands. John 15 is the, you know, here are the benefits of that obedience. You will enter into certain things if you obey me. In John 16, he begins to lay out another depth of the subject of friendship that he began to develop in chapter 15. And so I want to look at that tonight. He, 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 what he's doing, in essence, is he's taking us on this journey of, I need you guys to obey. That's, you know, commensurate to following me. But when you obey, that's not ultimately what it's all about. It's so that you can enter into these other realities of experiencing my love, experiencing my joy. We went through this last week. And ultimately, so that we can be friends. Chapter 16, he continues this journey. And he says, now I want to develop just how you will be friends with me because we, we all know Jesus isn't here physically anymore. He died, he resurrected, he appeared to many witnesses, and then he ascended to heaven. He's not here physically. Anybody that says he's here physically is a false prophet <laughs> because he's not here. He has not returned in the permanent sense a second time. He returned temporarily he appeared to many people, and then he ascended to the Father. And in John 16, he says a number of amazing things, and we'll get to that. But he says, in essence, it's better that I leave. It's better that I go, because if I go, I'll send you the Helper. Very, very important chapter. So let's just read it. That's always best. John 15, verse 26. And again, John 14, 15, 16, and even into the prayer in 17, he's just having one long discussion or he's preaching or he's teaching. 
You know, the chapters and verses make it seem chopped up, but this is just, he just keeps going. I mean, this is good Bible stuff. And so right before chapter 16, he says at the end of chapter 15, he says, when the helper comes, and again, the disciples have no idea what he's talking about. He, he starts throwing out doctrine on the Holy Spirit. They, they have no clue. But he begins to kind of prime the pump, so to speak, and begin to give language to what's about to happen to them, knowing the Spirit's going to connect the dots. So he begins to share things that they just don't connect to at all. And and often we don't. But this is him teaching. He says, the helper, when the helper comes, the Greek word helper is parakletos or paraklete. It's the word that means helper. He doesn't say Holy Spirit initially. He says there's a helper that's going to come. And I'm going to send from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. And I'm sure if you're one of the 12 disciples, you're just kind of scratching your head going, what? Now let's go to uh, chapter 16. I'm going to read just a whole chunk. He develops this more in chapter 16. Many times Jesus would share a chunk, move on to a different topic, and then come back and just elaborate. He'd go back and forth, and that's what... It was all purposeful. There was meaning to the way he communicated, what he said, didn't say, etc. But he begins to elaborate here. But he does change subjects almost randomly, it seems like. But he's God, so he's right. But in verse 5, he comes back to that statement at the end of chapter 15. And he says, he says, but now I go away to him who sent me. He's talking about he's going to ascend to the Father after his death. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Yeah, that would make me sad too if I was being discipled by Jesus personally and then he said he had to leave, I'd be sad. But he says in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Huge statement. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. And if he's saying it to them, it's just as if he's saying it to you, Peg. Or to you, Hannah, or to you, Kristen, or Caleb, or Joshua, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Again, that just sounds strange, but that's how it is. When he has come, he will convict the world. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. And then he elaborates on that statement, because that's kind of an interesting statement, of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, I still have many things to say to you. Oh my goodness, this is so, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Oh I've got to pause this music. I didn't realize it was still going. Praise the Lord. There we go. Oh, I love this. I have so much I want to tell you guys. It's everything's going to change. I have so much I want to tell you. You can't handle it, actually. So I'm going to send you a helper, and then you'll be able to handle it. What an interesting thing. And I I would say that there are many things God wants to communicate to us right now 
we can't bear it. We must have the Spirit help us to begin to enter into what He's truly saying. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. He will glorify me. No, I skipped a verse. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. So you can't bear what I'm saying now, but I'm going to send this helper. He will guide you into these truths, and He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. See, do you see kind of what he's, he's beginning to help them understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit and they're, they're, you know, they're going to journey with him for 10, 15 more chapters in the Gospel of John and then after the death and resurrection and ascension, Acts chapter 2 is when this all begins to make sense. Because Jesus is gone, the Holy Spirit comes, and the ministry of the Spirit begins to take over as the norm in church history. There was a brief period where the leadership of God was physically in the person of the Son. I mean, it was about 30 years, you know, that he, before ministry, then three years in ministry. Very brief time period, Jesus is on the earth, but since then, it's the Spirit for 2,000 years that has been ministering and leading the church, if that makes sense. And Jesus is not physically here. And In fact, the Bible says if anybody tells you, look, go over there, Jesus is over there, he's not there. He won't come back physically until the second coming. And there will be many, many false prophets that will pretend they're him. And they're actually, I've seen videos of them. It's crazy. There's so many people that pretend to be Jesus, say they're Jesus, say Jesus is over there. He's not over there and they're not Jesus, so don't be, be deceived. But the Spirit is now, the third person of the Trinity is who is guiding us, indwelling us, leading us to Jesus. It's it's. It's unique, and so that's why the Lord is telling us in advance, this is how it's going to be. And so let's, uh, we'll break that down here in a minute. But first, let's just examine the fact that Jesus is promising a helper. Jesus is promising there's someone else coming that's really going to help you out. And his name's the helper. Real quick, John 15, 26, when the helper comes... Whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So let me just say this. The, the helper, he proceeds from God the Father, he's called the Spirit of truth, and he's committed to talking about who? Jesus. Okay? So many people get uncomfortable when we start talking about the Holy Spirit that they try to scratch it out of their Bible, even though it's all over the New Testament. He comes from God. This is letter B. In other words, he comes from God, right? He is God. <laughs> so he, he proceeds from the Father. He comes from God. He is God, the second, I'm sorry, the third person of the Trinity. And he cannot and will not deceive you. I've had conversations throughout my years in ministry. What if, what if I pray for the Holy Spirit and I get demon-possessed? That doesn't happen. Because you can't ask for something from God and get something negative. 
You can go run after the devil and get something negative, but you can't accidentally get like the wrong spirit. And so there are so many fears related to the spirit that it's just important to preach the truth related to the spirit. And so that's why Jesus was telling his guys, not going to be here, but it's actually better. You're going to get a helper. And I'm thinking if I'm Peter, John, I'm like thinking this is already helpful. You're right here. Interestingly, most of the time he spoke, they didn't understand it. And so he's like probably thinking, guys, you're not getting anything I'm saying anyways. Let me just really help you. I want to come inside you to really help accelerate the process of you understanding what's going on here. It's one thing to have someone kind of walk around life with you telling you things, but you still have to process it with your own mind. When God indwells you, it's a whole different experience. He can maneuver in your mind, will, and emotions in a way that is deeper than you just hearing externally, physically, words. And so there's a, there's a whole deeper level that he went to when he sent the Spirit. Okay, so he's from God. He is God. He will not, cannot deceive you because God can't deceive you. He's never going to lie to you, ever. Well, what about that one verse in the Old Testament where that lying spirit, let that go for a second, okay? That's not the verse we need <laughs> to explain the character of God. God will never lie to you. He will never deceive you. He will never um, do anything negative to you. He has your best interest in mind. Doesn't mean your life won't be hard. I mean, but he's going to give you every opportunity possible to become like his son. He is all truth. And through and through, I have written here, he is lovingly obsessed with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, interestingly, there's a, there's a dramatic humility within the Godhead. Jesus would talk about the Father. The Holy Spirit talks about Jesus. I mean, there's this thing where they're not obsessed with themselves, even though they're God. There's this humility. And so Jesus says, there's the Spirit's going to come, but He's actually going to talk about me. He will not lead you astray. And He's the one Spirit you want to be filled with. There are a lot of spirits. There's a lot of demonic stuff out there. It's real, but I don't worry about it. The only thing I worry about is being filled with this one spirit and being fully surrendered to him. Letter C, how do you not be deceived? Be full of the spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. How do I get full of your spirit? Take me deeper into the word. Take me deeper into my prayer life. If, I'm, if you're kind of nervous about, ah, oh, this is a crazy time. I don't want to be deceived. Be full of the spirit. You won't be deceived. Are you wondering if that certain anointed or supposedly anointed person or minister is full of the Spirit? Well, let me ask you a question. Do they obsess over the truth and are they obsessed with Jesus? Because a person that's full of the Spirit will point you to Jesus. Not them, not their favorite doctrine, not some place on the earth that they think is extra special. A person that's truly full of the Spirit will say, know the truth, go after Jesus. That's what anointed people say. And that's what Jesus said. You will know there will be a distinctive 
there will be a distinction about the Holy Spirit. He will obsess over me. He will point you to what's true, and he will point you to me. And so there's all these other spirits out there, all these other false gospels that emphasize this niche doctrine that have nothing to do with Jesus as a man, as a person that we love. Totally forget about it. (laughs) I have met so many people in my 20 years of following the Lord that obsess over this peripheral doctrine. If you just know this thing over here, no, it's total garbage. It has nothing to do with the Lord. If that's not bringing you into a a daily walk with Jesus as a real man that we love and we obey because we love him, it is just totally worthless. And so I just think so far off into the liberal periphery and the conservative periphery, there are so many things that people talk about today that have nothing to do with loving Jesus. And that's our subject matter these few weeks is if the Spirit is on somebody's life, you will know it because what are you talking about most of the time? I don't mean like, you know, don't take this to an extreme where it's like you're out to eat and someone's ordering off the menu. Why aren't you talking about Jesus? You know, I'm talking about someone's ministry. Is Jesus preeminent in their ministry? Are they pointing people to the Word of God? Are they telling people, read the Bible and pray, seek God? If that's not a distinction, that's very problematic because that's what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. You know, some people claim to be full of the Spirit and they just begin to get erratic. They get weirder. Guys, I, I, I know that weird stuff happens. I'm, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Some of it's God, some of it's not. But at the end of the day, if our definition of filled with the Spirit or anointed, etc., isn't biblical, which Jesus said it would be about Jesus and the truth, we need to let it go. Amen. That's my little soapbox for the night. I'm going to move on here. Interestingly, the Holy Spirit did not say, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to talk about himself. He's so humble that the the Spirit will listen to what Jesus is telling him to do and then tell people to go after Jesus. Again, one of the most helpful things that I've studied in my 20 years of theological study is understanding the Trinity. Okay, that's an important doctrine. It's not, I mean, it's a person, really. But the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, one God, three persons, that's who we worship as Christians. And so some people stumble over like, what, Father, Jesus, Spirit, they love each other, what? Now you really want to take time to understand how that operates because it's one God. We're not polytheistic worshiping three gods. It's one God, three expressions, three persons. And so there's this kind of tag team effort where the Father sends the Son and the Son does what the Father wants and the Son leaves and the Spirit comes. We're going to understand it better when we're in heaven, but right now, a lot of it we seek to understand and we just walk out by faith the best we know. But we don't, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean we throw it out. We seek to go, okay, you said that. That must be important. Like God wouldn't just waste his breath. We need to understand this. So Jesus promises a helper. We see that in John 15, 26. Now again... Actually, he's supposed to put John 16, 7. Sorry, I put John 15, 11 under number 3 there. So he promises the helper, and then he says, I'm 
physically leaving so the helper can come. I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. Unreal. But if I don't go away, the helper will not come. If I depart, I will send him to you. Now here's what I tend to think. I'm going to just reiterate this. Wouldn't you love it if you could go to a church in Peoria where Jesus was pastor? First church of the living Jesus. Downtown as central Illinois. Just every Sunday, there he is. So glad we could just listen to your teaching, Jesus. Yeah, so. But that's just not how it is. He's God. He could have just chosen to be alive for 2,000 years because he can do whatever he wants. For some reason, he decides, I'm going to fully embrace the human experience to the point where after I die, I'm done. I'm just going to leave. And I'm going to send this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So again, in my mind, which is unrenewed, has to be more renewed, I'm thinking it'd be better if I could just, like the disciples, just walk with this guy and you know, watch him heal people and say things. And I, then I would learn and I would do it. But we have to trust that his word is true, that it's advantageous to us as 21st century Christians, that it's better that we have his spirit dwelling in us than him standing right here saying, Derek, preach that. Now say that. Now do this. I would think that'd be much better. I mean, if I could have met with him in my office at five o'clock and said, Jesus, what should I preach? And him be like, well, preach John 16, son. That'd be amazing. But he says, actually, I got something better. I'm going to indwell you and I'm going to influence your mind and your emotions by my spirit better than if you were actually physically listening to me, which is unthinkable, really. But you know what? 20 years later, I'm totally sold on this because my heart has become more alive to God over 20 years, having never seen him physically than probably if I would have seen him physically. I mean, he's just a genius leader, really. I so appreciate him. He knew what he was doing in in making it this way. Okay. So John 15, 11, to your advantage. As we agree to obey and learn truth, he literally helps us from the inside out. That's what I've written there. What a beautiful mystery. I don't fully understand all the theological implications, but when we believed, according according to Scripture, according to Paul, when we believed we were indwelt by the Spirit in an instantaneous way. Some people say they feel it when it happens. I've never felt it. But slowly my life has changed dramatically. There is an evidence to the Spirit in my life. And one of the things that Paul spoke of about the nature of the Holy Spirit that I don't have on my notes is in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 talks about, excuse me, I'll have to find it. 
Well, I'll find it eventually, but speaks of this spirit within us crying out, Abba, Father, bearing witness, in other words, convincing us we're God's children, we're God's sons and daughters. And I tell you, that that in my experience is very true. I have a growing conviction year by year that I truly am saved. I'm God's son. I'm going to be with him for eternity. I am 100% convinced of that like I am that the sun's in the sky right now. And I'm convinced that I'm going to stay that way like I'm convinced the sun's going to stay there in the sky. Because there is a spirit who has indwelt me and the more I live in fellowship him, the more that just becomes real like the skin on my body is real. It's just there. Oh, verse, uh, Romans 8, 15. You did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Indeed, we suffer with him that we may may also be glorified together. What a whole bunch of good Bible right there. Yeah, that, that word Abba is a word that you can hear today. I mean, it's a Hebrew word. And so if you were to go to a Hebrew-speaking culture in Israel or, or Jewish people that speak Hebrew, I've seen videos of little kids that say, hey, Abba, you know, and they're talking to their dad. And so that's just, uh, it's just a term of endearment for a, a kid to say to their father. It's just the word they use, like we use father or dad or daddy. Um, that spirit inside of us is communicating a reality between us and our Father that that's real. And this is what Jesus is pointing us to. And I'm, again, I'm sure the disciples were scratching their head. And we scratch our head many times as well. But this is real. And so this is, we're looking back on a reality. They were looking forward to a reality. But as Christians, this is, this is who we are. We are people who follow Jesus, who are filled by the Spirit. And we have this helper this revealer who's guiding us along. Let me develop this uh, number four here, this other point. Number four. I'm going to go back to Ephesians. Real quick before I go on to number four here. Jesus promised in John fourteen eighteen. So we talked about this uh, chapter two weeks ago. He begins to give allusions to the spirit of truth that he's going to basically, he's talking about more fully right now. But he says, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he's starting to give language. He's with you and he will be in you. But then he tags this on. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. This is very important. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In other words, I'm not the kind of spiritual father who leads you for three years and then leaves. I don't do that. 
I'm not going to orphan you spiritually. I am not only not going to leave you, I'm going to one-up what any other spiritual father can do. I'm going to come inside you. And so not only will you not feel alone, I mean, it's going to be different, but you will have my very spirit, the spirit that Jesus lived with, the spirit that empowered Jesus is going to empower us. Hey, Caleb and Josh, chill dudes. (laughs) Had a little extracurricular back there. Love you guys. And so this is very important. He's, he's using fatherly and childlike language to get us to understand his heart. It's going to seem like I left you, but I didn't. In fact, I did something better. I came inside you. And they, when the Holy Spirit... Um, let me say this different. One minute before the Holy Spirit came, they thought, this is a horrible prayer meeting. Nothing's happening. They felt alone. They felt like this is, this is bad. Jesus is gone. Maybe we bought into something that wasn't real. I mean, we've been sweating in this upper room, no air conditioning, smelly people, no deodorant invented yet. I mean, just horrible. But when that Holy Spirit came and broke in tongues of fire, new tongue, prayer language, preaching with power, revival begins to break out with more efficacy than this virus we're seeing today. I mean, such unbelievable power is released. Then they begin to think, that's what he meant because this is more real than what we had then and all through the book of acts you see unique things that weren't in the gospels such as you'll hear you'll read language that's like it will say something like the spirit said to me go over there not not i read in the bible but the spirit said to me go over to that chariot Preach Isaiah 53. That guy's going to get saved. Stuff like that began to happen. It was totally new. And they start to develop greater understanding that it wasn't just they needed Jesus right there telling them what to do all the time. It was going to be a friendship with an indwelling spirit, the very spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, that was going to be with them in in a way more real than a physical person. The book of Acts validates this truth. And if you walk in it now, it really validates it personally. The number of times where I'd be talking to someone and suddenly a thought came in my mind that there's no way I could have known other than God put it there. I say it to the person and they say, how do you know that? This happened many times in my life. Thought comes in. Hey, is this going on? How did you know? I don't know. I just felt it and I think it was the Lord Ooh, it's cool man when when you because then it's real real <laughs> the spirit's real I remember one time we were out ministering on the campus we were praying for some police officers and a just stream of thoughts began to come into my mind out of nowhere and I just began to pray I just really feel like back in college when you played football You had a back injury, and it still affects you right now. Is that true? How'd you know that? I don't know. This is weird. Ah! I love when those things happen. Anyway, the guy got touched, because how could anybody have known? Oh, the Spirit, he makes it all more real than we ever could have imagined. So in your loneliest moments, remember the truth. You're not an orphan. Okay? In the deepest, darkest day of your life, You have God's very spirit in you. You're not alone. We need human fellowship. We need people. 
We do need interaction, but God's always with you. There may be seasons where it's different, and this is kind of a unique season where we're more at home and less around people. I tell you what, though. He has never left, and He's closer than we really can fully understand. Now let me go to number four finally. Thank you, Derek. Number four, Jesus teaches that this helper is also a revealer. John 16, 13. When He, the Spirit of of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, just like Jesus did with the Father. Now the Spirit's going to do. He's not just going to say whatever He wants. He's going to reveal things to us in our spirit that God gives Him permission to do, which is interesting. And He will tell you things to come. He will guide you into truth. He will tell you things to come. So by the Spirit... There is this acceleration of an ability to learn truth. We don't just study the Bible. We have someone help us study the Bible. We don't just say, God, what's coming in the future? Help me to plan. Help me to do. We don't just think naturally. The Holy Spirit actually inspires those thoughts. Now, we can't predict the future. I mean, there are times where the Lord will give insight through prophets and prophetic understanding and dreams and whatnot. But... He will tell you things to come. He's going to give insight. He's going to give you truth related to the future. So letter A, we can expect a spirit of revelation to touch our heart as we grow in our relationship with the Spirit of God. After all, that's what friends do. I said last week, this is all about friendship. It's not just obedience for the sake of obedience. Yes, Jesus is teaching us how how to love Jesus. How do we love you, Lord? Will you obey me? But it's not about only obedience. It's about there's a benefit to the obedience. And then it's not just about those benefits. It's about friendship. Ultimately, the fact that the Holy Spirit is a revealer of truth and a revealer of things to come is because that's what a God who values friendship does. He tells us things. I mean, when you call your friend on the phone, what do you do? You reveal information back and forth to one another. Oh, then what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I plan on doing this tomorrow. Well, okay, well, what about this? That's what friends talk about. They, They share themselves, and they talk about what's going on in the next day, week, month. This is what God wants. And so he's taking us through this journey of here's how you get to this point. If you commit to obey, you're going to walk into these certain realities and it's ultimately so that we can be close. Again, hearkening all the way back to the father of faith, Abraham, that scripture says three times was a friend of God. Abraham obeyed and the more he obeyed, the closer he got to his friend. And that's a unique thought. Are you sure, Derek, that we can be friends with God? Jesus said we could. He said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. If you want to be friends, just do what I say. It wasn't a threat. It's not like, you want to be my friend, do whatever I tell you to do. Oh, oh, I don't know if I want that friendship. 
No, what he's saying is, guys, this is all about friendship. Here's the pathway. Yes, all I have to do is obey and I get to be friends with God. I'm in. All I have to do is say no to a few things that would ruin my life anyway and I get to be friends with the creator Yahweh of the universe. I'm in. Unbelievable. I get to know God like Elijah knew God and Abraham and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Paul. I get to do that? Yes, here's the way. I'm in. Unbelievable. God has no partiality, no favoritism. We're all favorites. But we determine how far we go. God's all the way gone. He's gone all in. The cross proved that. He's all in. Are we going to go all in? If we want to, if we want to go all the way into that friendship, he says, here's the pathway. A yes to obey. You're not going to do it perfect. Repent. Say you're sorry when you don't. Get back in line. We keep walking, keep developing the relationship, and we realize it turns into this friendship. He always just wanted to be friends. It wasn't about him bossing us around ultimately. It wasn't him waving, I'm your Lord, over our head. That wasn't ultimately what it was about. He just wants friends. Here's the thing. God doesn't have to change. He knows we're the problematic one in the relationship. That, he knows that. And so he says, guys, all you got to do is ABC. And you'll feel my voice. You'll understand my heart. You'll be able to open up on a deeper level. We'll go deeper together if you do it my way. Now again, we don't do human relationships this way. There's never a human relationship where it's like, here, I tell you what to do. You do it. Good. No, no. Human friendships, we both give and take. God's the only relationship where He's perfect. And he dictates terms, and we say, Amen. It's weird if anybody else tries to do that. That's where you get authoritarian leadership. God's not authoritarian. Oh, I wish people knew that, honestly. I really wish people would know that. God is the most tender hearted, innocent, merciful, kind, humble man you will ever meet in your life. He just happens to be very powerful. And he holds it so meek. I mean, right now, God could just destroy the universe if he wanted to. I mean, he could do anything he wants. He's so meek. He holds the keys. He could just absolutely decimate Jupiter right now just for fun. I don't like Jupiter. You know. <laughs> Imagine if you had that power. Oh, he looks down and he goes, all you have is nukes? He's like, oh, I could do, oh man, I could do stuff. I really think God honestly thinks this sometimes. I really think he thinks, do you realize I made the stars and the planets were you there when I did that? I can do anything. I mean, I said, let there be light, and it just shot, and it still hasn't stopped. I can do anything. And you're impressed with these little fireworks called nuclear bombs, which they're serious. We need to respect that. But 
I mean, he looks at our nukes. We think that's the most powerful thing in the earth. And he's like, those are those little pop rocks that you play with when, you know, when you're kids and you throw them and they pop when they hit the ground. The power he has is so vastly beyond our understanding. Oh, I just think, man, and that powerful being who is so wise, he can actually create processes that human beings can be created. Oh, my word, he is so wise. The way he balanced the universe, the way it all exists, he's that smart. And he wants to be my friend. So he sends his son to die, to remove sin so that we can be connected. I'm in. I'm in if that's what it's all about. And you know what? In his heart of hearts, what he's motivated to say at the end of our life, what's he really wanting to say when we're all done? Well done. Great job. I know it was weird. I was invisible. You were down there, the sin all over the earth. But you actually did what I wanted. You were faithful. You became more like me. And now we get to be together for eternity. Like I just, he's not up there waiting for the last moment to rebuke you. Oh, he's, he's so excited to see you face to face one day and tell you how much he loves you. I don't care how naughty my kids get. I love them so much. I wasn't talking about... (laughs) They're like, what? (laughs) What? What I do now? I just love being with them. And you guys love being with dad, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And God's so much more superior to me. He is so much more whole and loving at the most infinite level. There's no way he's just begging to rebuke us when we get to heaven one day. Oh, he is going to show us the full measure of his love when we get to heaven. And he's going to talk about us when we were kids and we were teenagers, just like we do, but at another level. And so it's so worth it to do it Jesus' way, to obey, to follow the Spirit, to do it on his terms, because it's the most fruitful life. Let me say this really quick. God the Spirit never reveals things. This is a special note, letter B. God the Spirit never reveals things in violation with the Word of God. So as we walk in the Spirit, we're going to be a people of truth. We're going to be in the Word. We're going to be obsessing over Jesus the only way. But He's going to reveal information to us that is extra-biblical which happened many times in the book of Acts, there's going to be a spirit of revelation on our, on our heart in many different circumstances in life when we're not reading the Bible, when we're not talking about Jesus, there are just going to be things that increase on in our life, such as dreams, such as the Spirit whispers something to our heart. Not all day, every day. Not here's what you need to do to get dressed. Here's what you need to eat for breakfast. That's silly. But there are times when the Spirit's going to speak into our life. They are not biblical. They're extra-biblical. And it's going to be God. But here's where a lot of people get weird. They get wonky. They start to believe anything, even when it contradicts Scripture. 
The Holy Spirit, we must never forget this, will only lead us to truth and to Jesus. He won't lead us to an error. He won't lead us to a lie. He won't lead us to some other false doctrine. If that ever happens, it wasn't the Spirit, or maybe it was the Holy Spirit, and we just got it wrong. We interpreted it wrong. I'll hear people say, Derek, I had a dream of such, such, and such, and I think it means this, and I'm thinking the whole time, that's a horrible way to think of that. Because that just doesn't have any of the character attributes of God in it. It's not about you, it's about Him. So sometimes it's a a word from the Spirit, but it's a wrong application because we don't understand what God's like. Many times that happens. So I'm I'm very... uh, I don't despise prophetic words and dreams. I'm totally in. But what I really have learned to do is caution myself against the people who are so open, they'll just take anything they think, whatever they think, that must be God. No, 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 no. You just had a thought. You just had a dream. Everybody has dreams. I mean, it's just, you know, we can't... Well, so what... Anyway... Kind of beat that dead horse, kicked it a few too many times. The Holy Spirit will never violate the Word of God, but He will violate our understanding of the Word of God. What do I mean by that? So our current knowledge of what the Bible says is probably like level here, and He may speak something where we don't understand it because He's talking over here. So sometimes He'll say things and we're like, that can't be right. Actually, he's right, and we don't know the Bible as good as we think. So we stay humble. The Holy Spirit may be leading us into a direction or saying things, and it just might not be popular in our denomination, or it might not be popular among our friends, a certain truth. But the Holy Spirit's like, I think it's true, and it is. And so the glory of our life is our whole life is to just grow in our understanding. We might not even know it's the Spirit. He begins to lead us in a direction to study a certain thing in the Bible so our maturity increases. And and so, again, if it's in the Bible, if it's a central theme, if it's a major, we major on it. If it's a minor, we minor on it. If it's peripheral, we keep it peripheral. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us into truth, and sometimes we're going to realize, ah, I was wrong. I thought this. The Holy Spirit's actually... There it is. Another, another key truth here. I'm going to wrap up soon. Wow, that flew by. You guys put up with me so well. Here's what we do. We hear something. The Bereans, they heard Paul. They said, Paul, we love what you're teaching. We're going to go check it out in the Bible, make sure it's there. And so they went and they studied the Bible. And the scripture says that they were noble. In fact, they were more noble than other people because they not only heard who they thought was an anointed man, but they also said, great, now let's see if the Bible says what Paul's saying. So whatever I say or whatever a minister that you respect says, take it. Go to the Bible, and I want to believe it, but if I can't see a clear theme in the Bible, then I'm just not going to believe it. And that rule of thumb has helped me for 20 years, because some people, I really like them, they're charismatic, they have energy, cool miracles happen, but then they say things that aren't in the Bible, and I'm just like, I love you, but I totally reject what you just said. (laughs) And you got to learn, that's okay, we don't hate that person, 
I probably won't have them speak too many times in my ministry until they correct that. But this happens, you know, I've seen this happen. Uh, I've been to events where people just, they get so, I'll say this. When I was young in the Lord, I went to a prophetic conference and because I've got to get better at giving real examples that I've actually encountered. I, I was young, very impressionable, just saved, went to this you know, prophecy conference. Ooh, that sounds cool. I get there, tons of people, books everywhere. This must be important. You know, oh, they're dressed nice, tie, suit, big old PowerPoint, which was like cutting edge back then. And I'm thinking, this has got to be the best conference in the world. And they start saying stuff that was so crazy that even me in my zero discernment, red flags, bells were going off. They actually started preaching from the front that the return of Jesus was so close that you need to quit your job and buy all of our stuff. And people did. And I just got this weird, sick feeling like, are you kidding? I didn't even know the Bible said the total opposite. I didn't know yet, but then I studied the Bible. I started, I'm like, the, the apostles are saying, if you don't work, you don't get to eat. The apostles are saying here that you have to work. Oh, there's another page. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you can't work. <laughs> so why are these people saying you can quit? So it, but it, at the moment, I didn't know what the Bible said. Now I know clearly but I, I just want you to know there's so many people who say such weird things. you got to take it. And when you feel that, go to the Bible and, and just say, Jesus, teach me the truth. And uh, thankfully, I just went to that thing for like one night, and maybe, maybe a couple sessions. But it just became, first of all, it was over my head. But second of all, just the, the feeling I got was so weird. And I, I learned later that that's discernment. Sometimes you discern by a feeling, not always, but I just, my spirit was grieved. It was not truth. It was just, what it was, it was, I don't want to use the meanest word possible, but it was, I, I, I don't try to be too, it, it, it was fraudulent. I mean, it was people trying to steal money from people. It, it was, it's. When you use the Bible and Jesus and nice clothes to do that, I think, I think honestly, I just hope they're saved. Because if I just know what I would feel like if I was Jesus. I, I, would, I would be very grieved. And when people, and I have a really pretty, I get, I like to think it's righteous anger, but I'm sure it's a little bit of a lack of maturity. But when, when people try to rip people off, it really makes me mad. And so, especially when they use Jesus to do it. Oh, that makes, it irks me. Lord, help me. I put a warning out on Facebook. I said, I know there's going to be these televangelists telling you if you send in $1,000 or here, they're going to give you a healing cloth to heal you of coronavirus because they always take advantage of people when some crisis happens. And so don't send these people money. Um, there's, There's just... There's way more good guys than bad guys, but those bad guys irk me because they really rip people off, man. And I'm moving on. <laughs> Lord, help me. Okay, that was not on my notes, Lord Jesus. Okay, back to let's connect all the dots together and bring this to a close because I said probably three times I'm going to bring this to a close. Thank you for hanging in there with me. So we're going to connect the dots once again. 
We commit to obeying Jesus' commands, John 14. So we experience the benefits of obedience, John 14 to 15. So that we experience the deepest possible friendship with God by the Spirit, John 15 to 16. That's as brief and succinct as I could make that. This is Jesus' teaching. Obey me so that you walk into these benefits of joy and peace and you experience my love and the manifestation of my presence on your life more regularly so that we have a friendship. More than anything, God is after a deep and meaningful relationship with you. With Caleb, with Joshua, Kristen, Peg, Hannah, you who are on Facebook, you listening to this on this recording, God wants a deep and close friendship with you. Not just the preacher guy. Not just the, the, the leader you look up to in that movement over there. He wants it with you. And that's awesome. You're going to be a good preacher one day. Joshua's mimicking me for those who didn't see that. He wants a deep and meaningful friendship. What a glorious privilege. Amen. Amen. All right. I made it. Well, no, I didn't. Four minutes over. Ah. Quick question. <laughs> or two. You just want my phone, don't you? Okay. Can I clear anything up, ladies? you get a dollar oh i know i was i made this so quick that i have so many errors where's it at (laughs) let's connect all the dots just above it where's it say it you got it you get the dollar tonight peg before you leave i'm gonna owe you a dollar I've, actually, as I'm going through these while I'm preaching, I see so many errors. I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. But I did this very quick. So the dollar goes to you. Okay. So you get a ride and you get a dollar. It's good that you came. Kristen, Hannah, any other questions? Okay. Caleb, check Facebook. See if do we got any questions on Facebook. How do I do that? I just, it'll be written there if they have one. All right. People that are watching, can you write Google? It's okay. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for this night. Lord, uh, there's just something about your word. When we preach it, when we hear it, when we pray it, it gets deeper. And so, Lord, we just thank you. I bless those who are here. I bless those who've connected via technology. And we just pray that you'd continue to give us your wisdom in these unique, turbulent times. And uh, Father, we ask you, especially as we've heard tonight, about this promise of a helper revealer, that we would walk in your spirit, walk with your spirit in a way closer than ever before. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.